0: to the Soul Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kuttner, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast will help you find ways to live a more authentic life. Every week, I have guests on the show, from yoga teachers to meditation instructors, everyone to help you feel like the best you. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So today on the podcast, I have Tony Benino. She is a yoga teacher and will soon be a yoga therapist. I'm so excited to chat with Tony today about following your intuition, um, the benefits of yoga and so much more. Tony, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank
1: you so much for having me, Rachel. I was like super excited when you reached out to me. I felt like we were like Instagram stalking for a while and we would like like each other's photos, shoot a DM. And then I heard from you and I'm like, this is awesome. I feel like this was a connection like waiting to happen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I remember when we chatted on the phone, I was like, this vibe is amazing. Like I I just want (laughs) to chat with you all the time. So yeah, I totally um, was feeling like everything you were posting. I think there's so many things that we're going to talk about today that are just so impactful. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. So I want to start by asking you the big question, like how and why you got into yoga. Um, Whenever I talk to people, everybody has such an interesting story and it usually starts out with they don't think yoga is for them. So I just want to chat about that first. Yeah. So, um,
1: I actually, and I know we were just saying this, I was listening to your stories with other yoga teachers and like kind of nodding along with the fact that we always have a story, like how you kind of gravitated towards it or not. So I first started taking yoga classes in about six years ago now, and I started at the gym. Um, I was somebody who like lived at the gym, like started my days there. I felt like I always had to go, even if I wasn't doing something that was, I guess, considered a workout, just like going for me mattered, filling up my days, filling up any gaps in the day. Um, And I would go basically to get a workout in, in the morning before work. Um, At the time I was running a lot. So I was training for like five K's or half marathons. Um, I also started doing like duathlons and triathlons for a short gap of time. So I would use like my spin classes as bike training and, you know, getting in the pool as the swim training. But I felt like as much as I loved it and it was super fiery for me, it was so in sync with the way I lived the rest of my life. Like keep going, keep moving, do more, do more, be more, Mm -hmm. um, And then randomly, I don't even know how it started, honestly, a friend of mine and I started taking yoga classes at the gym. So we would go to LA Fitness maybe once a week and we would take a class and I didn't love it. Um, I felt like it was fine. My body felt good. I'd leave and that was kind of that. I still wanted to go 5 a.m. the next morning and, you know, get the spin class in and feel like I was sweating and moving and working. But I kept going back to yoga, like with my friend and then also on my own and I wasn't aware of any of this, like anything I'm saying now is like in hindsight. Mm -hmm. Um, I started to realize like I would leave work and now I started to time my workouts around when LA Fitness offered yoga. So I'm like, oh, this is weird. Like I'm not liking it, but I'm suddenly fitting it into my days. And I questioned at first, like is this becoming another thing to fill my time or do I actually like it? Mm -hmm. Um, But I really needed it. Like I think that, is the thing that kept me going back. I I found myself looking for it. I found myself like on a bad day feeling like, let me just go because I like the way I feel when I leave. I feel more at ease. I don't feel like I need to rush out um, to the next thing. So I just loved how it started to make me feel. I don't think I had words to match it. I don't think I had like real self-awareness around it. Um, So I took classes continuously at the gym And then not even two years later, I was like, I need this in my life. Like I 100% need this in my life. And during those two years, it was like consistent and then not consistent going back and forth to classes. I just knew I was comfortable going. Um, Something about it was pulling me in. And I then signed up for a yoga teacher training Um, with no intention to teach, just like wanted to know more for myself. So yeah, I signed up. And truthfully, that intensive training like, stirred a a life shift for me.
0: Yeah, that's like
1: That would be, like, the start of it all. For sure.
0: I think it's really interesting how you just kept showing up and how, like, now you can realize that you were just filling your time with things, and I think when we start to be intentional about the way we live our lives and we actually... Like ask ourselves, like, is what I'm doing really serving me? I think that's a huge shift for people too, right? That's such a huge shift. I think that question matters so much.
1: And it's something we can ask ourselves daily and it might change daily. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I even noticed like specific days where I'd go to the gym and not get on the treadmill, but just take a yoga class. And that was huge for me, like really Mm. huge to be like, I'm choosing this thing over, you know, leaving there with sore muscles and feeling like I got the work in. Um, But I I didn't ask those questions at the time. Again, I really wasn't self-aware, but something was stirring inside of me to let me know that this was for me.
0: Hmm. So I actually am curious, when do you think your self-awareness started? Like, was it because of yoga? Was it because of life things? Like, When did you start to develop this self-awareness?
1: That's an awesome question. Um, I think during that 200-hour training, hmm. it was so much the training itself, the people I was connecting with, the instructors, and also like the context of my life in which it fit into. I felt like it was, a, it was an intensive, right? So like every morning I'd get out 5 a.m., get on the ferry, the train, get into downtown Brooklyn, be there for like eight to 10 hours, go home and do it all over again. So like for the, that month and a half, two months, I wasn't seeing friends. I really wasn't doing anything much with my outside of that time. I didn't go to the gym even one day during that entire training, which that was huge for me. Um, I had a lot of moments of like sitting with myself, both literally and also like the transition to and from the training. Um a lot of things started to click for me during that time. And I don't know if I'd say the self awareness was something I was aware of. Like, I don't think at that time I was saying, Oh, I've become self aware. But in
0: hindsight, like the thoughts
1: I had for sure were self aware, like the things I started to make sense of for myself, were for sure self aware at that time.
0: Yeah, I think the reflection and the self awareness is so important. I think sometimes it comes from yoga, but then sometimes it just comes from life experience. We and we we totally need the hindsight. I don't think we always recognize things in the moment. I think as you know, time goes on, like we become more aware of things in the moment, but it takes like a lot of time and practice, I think.
1: Oh, absolutely. And that practice is key. Like keep going towards it and keep showing up for it. I remember one specific day, like weeks into the training, being on the ferry. And there was like a huge fight on the ferry. And and mind you, this is like 6 AM. So I'm like, what are we arguing about? It's like, you just got up, like what's going on. But I like had to get up and move myself and starting that next day for the remainder of training, I drove myself in every day. And I felt so affected that day. Once I got to training because of that morning Hmm. and Now knowing that like, I am a highly sensitive person and, you know, I I kind of like go in and out of, am I an empath or highly sensitive? I know there is a distinction and I read up on that a lot, but I know how much energy influences me and affects me and how I show up and who I associate with. Um, But that's something I didn't know at the time. But again, that's where I mean, like, I think the self-awareness was clicking in to make a choice the next day and moving forward to start driving myself because I didn't want to feel the way I felt that day. That was that was a change for me. That was something I never did for myself before. And I look back and I'm like, wow. I think I was starting to figure out that I'm super impacted by the things that are around
0: me. Yeah, that's such a great gem. I think that a lot of times things really do mess with us. But when you're able to name the thing and then make a action plan to like protect yourself and protect your energy, um, you know, draw boundaries. I just think that's a magical moment. Is like, okay this actually makes me feel like shit. So I'm not going to do it. And then giving yourself that power to be like, I'm going to do something different because I care about myself and I care about my energy.
1: For sure. And and naming the thing, like you said, is so key. And that's where the magic happens. Like you have awareness around what the thing is and now you take action for yourself and because you show up better for everyone that you're around. Like if you really self-serve in that moment and you're like, this is not the thing for me and you remove
0: it, you show up better. Yeah, that's such a powerful move. I think I'm forever talking about how we really do have so much power in our lives. But a lot of times, like people play the victim card or think they're powerless. And that's just because they're not taking the actions that they need to to protect themselves. So I just think it's interesting, like when people start to implement things that really serve them, and then they see like the difference it makes. And it's, it can be simple stuff, like, removing yourself from a difficult situation. So that totally just segues into like following your intuition and following things that light up for you. So I want to talk about this in a little bit greater detail because I think people have problems trusting their intuition. I don't think they're connected to it or maybe they don't trust themselves. So just the conversation about following things and trusting your intuition, I think is a great conversation.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I feel like that is something that, like you said, we might not tap into very often. Maybe you don't know how to, or maybe you just kind of are in denial. A huge part of tapping into our intuition and listening to it is getting really clear on what it is that makes you feel like very light versus very heavy And I know for me, it comes from understanding how I get my energy. And I think for some people, you know, getting their energy is going to look a little bit more active and outgoing than it might for someone else. For me, I am a huge introvert. So I now know that I get my energy and my like recharge, if you will, from being alone. I feel very influenced when I'm around people and it's not always a bad thing. It's just that I absorb what's going on and sometimes I'll feel a certain way, but I'm really just taking on the other feeling, not really my own. And I've found that like when I've allotted myself more me time, I get really clear on what feels good for me and what doesn't. And that in that space, I feel like I can make more intuitive decisions for myself and ones that like truly serve versus ones I think might serve. And there's like a, there's a big difference there. And it's a fine line, but there's a big difference.
0: Yeah. I love that you said like the lightness and the feeling. I think those are important things to tap into. And I also just think that's a great guide for people like, hey, is this making you feel heavy or does this make you feel light? And when I talk to people, they also talk about, does this make you feel open? Does this make you feel expanded? Does this make you feel happy and energized? Like all the things that we kind of just said. it's really important to just be aware of how you're feeling because your feelings are messengers. Like they're not there for no reason. They absolutely serve a purpose, but learning how to just work with them is important.
1: Oh, totally. And I love the awareness of the word expansion. Like that's something I think I'm going to start to take on now. Like, does this make me expand or shrink? I think that's another super important question to ask.
0: Yeah. And I also feel like a lot of people shrink down around other people. I think that's like a whole thing in itself or notice when you're shrinking down around people, because that's the thing to notice, I think, you know, it, it's either like a, a pattern, maybe you're shrinking down because you need to work on your self worth, or maybe those people just make you feel uncomfortable. I think there's a few different reasons will shrink themselves versus like open up and expand and even when like you say open up, expand, it's just like such a happy, like I get a happy feeling when I say it because it's, it's oh like, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm wondering, have you ever seen yourself maybe expand more in situations or shrink down more in certain situations? And and how did how do you navigate that like for people listening?
1: Hmm. It's so loaded. I feel right. yeah. I feel like well, first of all, I feel like for me. Being in that space of giving myself alone time and it doesn't have to be extensive. I find that in certain situations, I need extensive alone time and that's like another topic, but I really do rely on that depends on it. And it's so powerful for me because that helps me get clear with myself. Yeah. Like I said, I I will cater to the other person, the other energy and want what's lifting them up. And I can almost like feel that and I'll choose the answers that fill that person up because I want to make that person comfortable and I think it took me until honestly my late 20s and I thank yoga for this Mm. to want to make myself comfortable and that's been like a struggle for me and I'm still working through that so that alone time and that space of okay like you're getting a little bit more clarity around what's lifting you up versus what's weighing you down helps me to choose like okay, is this an, an, a person or a circumstance that's going to lift me up and maybe lighten me? Or is this something that's going to weigh me down and kind of pull me backwards? And I need that space of those alone moments to be able to better navigate my way through that. And then it's really just trusting within yourself. And I find that like a yoga practice and meditation practice for me helps that because I start to pay attention to the triggers, you know, like Am I, are my shoulders relaxed? Am I clenching my jaw? Sometimes for me, it's like babbling versus getting quiet. Like, am I comfortable with being quiet? I could pay attention to my responses. Are they quick and automatic or are they thoughtful? Like, Mm -hmm. and again, these are self-awareness practices and it comes from like, what do you do for yourself to become more aware of how you respond, how you show up? Um, And I think that finding that for yourself is so valuable and so powerful so that you do make those better decisions for yourself and for others because who wants to, you know, be around people that are weighing you down? Like, I don't want to wave someone down. Like, I would rather them disconnect from me if I'm going to be that person for somebody. So it really, it's just like a full circle practice where if you're getting quiet with yourself, whatever that looks like, you know, for you personally, you're becoming aware of what's for you and what's not for you. And then you're taking action on that. Like you're using that information moving forward and it just helps everyone.
0: Yes. (laughs) That's so good. (laughs) Um, I also love like that attention to how you're feeling. I think that's really key is like pay attention to how you feel and make moves appropriately. When you're feeling light, it's a sign. So on trusting your intuition, your feelings are signs. If you're happy and joyful and energized, please follow those things because they're definitely for you. So love that. I also want to talk about people pleasing, because I feel like that's a whole conversation, especially for women. I think women are so kind of conditioned to be a good person and do the right thing and be a good girl. And I've experienced this too. Like I have to watch myself. Like am I doing this to make somebody else happy. Because when you're constantly doing that, it will like fester, (laughs) like it will manifest in some other way. So I am constantly on my game with people pleasing. What do you think about that? Oh my gosh, the second you said people
1: pleasing, I don't know if you saw my face like clenched. Um, oh, such a hard thing to overcome. And I, like you said, I think that it's not something foreign. It is so common. And once you're aware that you are a people pleaser oh the work to overcome that um So I for sure have always been a people pleaser and I don't think I named it that. I think like the word nice, which now kind of like rubs me the wrong way because I've always been called nice. Mm -hmm. And for some reason as an adult, when I get that, like I get so squeamish and it's a, it's a me thing. I have to work through it and realize, you know, nice can be a positive thing. But for some reason, I think I just related immediately to being a people pleaser now, like having done the work to move forward from this. And I just kind of like get all tensed up when I hear that I'm nice Um, but people pleasing is, I feel like you can maybe even not be aware you're doing it because if you're someone who is a people pleaser, like thinking of it from a positive angle, I think it shows you really care about people. Like you do, you care about people. You want people to be happy. You want people to have what makes them happy. For me anyway, I know it always came from that space. Like I want this person to smile. I want this person to feel like they got what they wanted out of this circumstance but I never paid attention to, oh my gosh, all these people pleasing acts are coming at the expense of me, you know? And then that's where you have to say to yourself, whoa, something needs to shift. And it, it does, it needs to shift. I was having this like epiphany moment. I feel like quarantine did this for anyone who spent a lot of time alone. And I was on the phone with my mom. This was like right before the summer. And I was saying how I felt like growing up, like really quick childhood story, My parents split up really young and it was me and my mom from the get-go. And in order to make this work, my mom was lucky to have all these awesome friends that took me in every day after school. I became like almost sibling kind of friends with their kids. They're still my friends today. Um, But I had a set schedule growing up for years, like Monday through Friday, I went to different families' houses. So at the age of four or whenever I started going, I think it was younger, I learned how to people please really well. And I never knew that, like I would show up. Okay. I knew for this family on Mondays and Wednesdays, we do homework first and then we eat, or, you know, this is what gets a laugh. This is what gets a smile. Same thing with, and it was just this automatic robotic way of being a child and growing up. And, you know, in the one hand, like my mom is an amazing parent and these, these friends of hers were amazing parents. I got to be around full families and sitting down for dinner. So there's all of the positive, of course, that came from this too. Mm -hmm. The fact that I have friends that are like my family still. Um, But in the people pleasing aspect, like as an adult, I realized I never really knew what it was like to come home from school as Tony. And like, as an only child, you'd think I had enough experience there, but like, I really don't. I didn't have that till high school where like, I got to come home from school and be like, this is what Tony wants to do. And I never had those answers for myself. Like I said, until I was maybe 15. And by then, all the answers that I was coming up with, I think were just feedback from how I spent every other year. So yeah, as an adult, like that's been been hard. And being okay with disappointing somebody because the thing I'm choosing is serving myself. I do it now, not all the time, but I do it now because it matters. But it's hard. It's really hard, especially when you... It, it rubs you the wrong way to see somebody unhappy or, you know, unhappy with you even that's, it's not an easy thing, but it, it is a valuable, powerful and magical thing to work through because you will show up better for the people who are for you. And you will make the people who are for you happy because they'll be happy that you're coming from a place of fullness.
0: Yes. Oh, I had so many thoughts during that. I was just like, Wow. I think you brought up a really good point that I want to talk about healing work in general. This idea of being safe and, you know, even for children, like we need to feel safe as we are for who we are. It's okay. Like this validation and not having to place our worth in the hands of other people is like huge work to do. Because I think a lot of, you know, society and And the way we've been raised or, you know, maybe some people have it different, but I think a lot of people have to do some inner child work because when we were kids, we were looking at those responses, like you said, like, okay, this gets a laugh or this gets a good job or this gets uh, a plus. So we're constantly adapting our behavior to the expectations of others, instead of just being like, okay, well, I'm great as I am. And I'm like, safe as I am. And I trust myself. And so these ideas of trusting yourself being safe, you know, not having to please other people, this is tough work to do, because so many people just have compounded patterns and years of these experiences. So I think a lot of people can probably relate to what you said, whether, you know, they were an only child or not, in some way or another, we've figured out how to please people through our conditioning. I
1: love your wording of, you know, we need to know that we are safe as we are. That's so key. And that's something that a lot of us might have not known or might still not know, like Mm -hmm. to feel safe as you are, not as people want you to be.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually have an interesting story because I was doing like intensive yoga for a while and I took a break. So when you've done a lot of yoga you learn a lot of things like you're like in the deep waters and then you come out and you have some reflection and I remember having trouble like even being safe in my body and allowing myself to let go and yoga constantly tells us like let go relax (laughs) like, be in the moment and so for a while it was really hard for me to just be in the moment I remember personal yoga classes where I was like out the door Like, I did not want to stay there. I could not sit with my thoughts. I could not sit with myself. And then developing this, like, safety in my body was very hard. It took me a while to feel safe in my body and to feel safe letting go and releasing. And I think that comes especially hard for anyone who's had any type of trauma to just be okay with, like, releasing and letting go. I think that's a conversation in itself, too.
1: Oh my goodness, for sure. It's like you finally get quiet with yourself enough to know that there's stuff going on that feels like it's a lot of work. And it's like the first thing you want to do is resist. It's so easy to resist, run away, escape, do the next thing, avoid, get busy, like all of the things that keep you from handling it. So I can so relate to that. And I think so many people could, whether it's like you want to get out of a pose really quick, or maybe you, you know, I used to be the uh, kind of like one knee into the chest at a time, putting my socks and shoes on in Shivasana, because laying still was like, oh my gosh, impossible. Laying still with myself, that's more work than going to run a marathon right now. But yeah, it's hard. And when you become aware of like the extents of the work, like the extensive work that might be within you to move through, oh my gosh, resistance. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And it's that slowing down piece that's really present right now. I think it's clear that quarantine and Corona have made us all slow down so much. So it's this slowing down and sitting with things. I think that's so hard for people. I saw this meme um, the other day about people who've had like (laughs) stuff happen to them. Like they've already awakened. They're already awake. But the people who are just waking up to this stuff now, like, that's why this whole period has been so traumatizing for so many people, because they're not used to slowing the F down and like sitting with their shit. I think that's a problem for people. Oh my gosh, for sure. Like as a society, we gravitate towards being
1: busy, getting things done, you know, something needs to be making me feel good. It can't be something I already have, you know, I want more. So like, that's where we come from. And that's our norm. And it's, it's not easy to suddenly realize like without those things, you can still feel the feelings you're seeking.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. That was so good. I I do love that because it's like, we really do have so many resources inside of us, but a lot of us are so disconnected from them. Like example, our intuition, which is essentially a GPS system.
1: Yep. It's so true.
0: You will know which way to go if you're in tune with that because it will it will almost keep whispering at you till like it starts screaming at you. I had a a moment yesterday, and i I noticed something come up for me because I was ignoring it for so long. And then it was just like a loud ass voice. And I was like, "Wow, okay. I got it. Message received. Um but I think that happens <laughs> for people if they're not listening. Oh my gosh, for sure. That, that It's
1: whispering at you, but it's easy to neglect at that time. It's easy to push to the side and then suddenly it's like you have no option and you're like, why didn't I just listen to that way earlier? But yeah, and that's like a perfect sign that it's there. It's within us. Like if we just get quiet enough, what we need or the answer we're looking for, we have it.
0: Yeah. I want to ask you about a cool experience where maybe you have followed your intuition and then you were like rewarded because you followed it it could be your yoga journey that's clearly something that pulled you or it could be something else what what comes to mind what comes to mind
1: actually two things are coming to mind so yoga related um truthfully was signing up for that teacher training so at the time that I signed up I hadn't even taken a class at a studio. I was so fearful of that. I wanted to stick with a gym. I felt comfortable in a gym. A studio scared me. I felt like I had to like be at a certain level or, you know, have a certain outfit. Like I just (laughs) had all of these thoughts that I think are not uncommon. I think people still think them. And I was like, not going to a studio. That was just my thing. And all of a sudden here I am signing up to a studio and taking a teacher training. But I felt like I needed to be there. And again, it was in downtown Brooklyn, a neighborhood I had never been to. And um, I remember one of the instructors and I know them obviously very well by now, but uh, she even wrote back, like, we'd love to have you, but like, do you want to come once first? (laughs) and I was kind of like oh yeah I guess that would be a good choice so I ended up going and meeting them in person and taking a class and I loved it and I was like yeah no this confirmed it like I'll be here in the summer it was just one of those things like I laugh when I got that email response too because I'm like I guess this is a little weird like I just out of the blue and picking a studio and but I just felt like I needed to be there. Like I read the bio on both teachers. I was looking at the space, um, you know, on our website. And I just was like, this is where I need to spend my summer. Like I just, there was no other option. And it didn't like occur to me that it was silly until she wrote that email. And I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. But I just knew, I I just knew. And it was, uh, I mean, obviously it was something that shifted my life moving forward. So I am so grateful I listened to that, but That was definitely one of those scenarios. And the second one, this might sound silly. So I grew up in New York on Staten Island and I'd been seeking change, like a living change for a while. And my family's in Florida. So I think I always just assumed I'd be in Florida eventually. Um, I took a West coast trip. I went to San Francisco and then suddenly it was like, Oh no, I need to move to California. So like here I was like applying to all these jobs and none of them were local. And I just knew I needed a change, but then I just kept taking more yoga teaching positions. This was post-graduation and that meant so much to me to get back into that world and keep myself moving. So I still was seeking a living situation change. So I figured, okay, New Jersey's close enough. I could keep my job and I still get that like relocation. I get to change my driver's license. I'm just like a traveler. I have a traveler's heart. Like I just want to be like a butterfly and moving around. Um, So I drove into New Jersey and I have friends here that have always been here and I had neighborhoods I was used to going to. And it was really important to me to be somewhere that I'd never been. I just wanted to feel like I was on this crazy shift. Um, So finding my apartment was that second thing for me because I drove into this community because I'm home right now and I didn't feel like it was for me. So I kept looking elsewhere and I found a bunch of other places. I went with my mom for a few. I went by myself, did a few tours here and there, and then nothing really worked out. Um, But this one kept kind of calling to me. And I remember my mom was like, I don't even think you liked it. (laughs) I'm like, no, I didn't. But I like came back by myself one night and I went to Starbucks because I had this theory. This is going to sound so silly, but it mattered to me. So I had this theory, like if I could go to Starbucks, go to Target, go get gas, do the things I would do on like a Saturday, you know, or every day for Starbucks. um, If I could see myself doing those things on the regular, like this was for me. So I literally went to Starbucks, got a coffee, got some gas. I went over to Target, got some things for my apartment at the time, which was again, back on Staten Island. Came into this neighborhood, drove around, and I was like, yeah, I'm moving here. Um, and again, I just kind of like felt like, yeah, I see myself doing this every day. Pulling into a parking spot, leaving this neighborhood, doing those things. And within a month, I signed the lease.
0: <laughs> you're, you're very practical. I think if you could go to Target and Starbucks in your neighborhood <laughs> and you feel good, that's like life and life. like always the defining factor, right? <laughs> if you see yourself at the Target, go for it. Okay, Tony. So I would love if you could share about your yoga therapy journey. So tell me a little bit about that. I'll start off with, I guess,
1: what got me on this journey. And it was in my 300 hour. I did it at Tula Yoga in Aberdeen. Mm -hmm. Um, It was during the module of training where we talked about yoga therapy and wellness and Ayurveda. Yeah. And that for me was like, the part of training that sparked me you know like there's always like tidbits in, in anything that you're in that are going to like really align with you and then others that are important but they don't have that same pull and this was the one for me where i was like eyes in the textbook i wanted to just like pick it up every chance i had i wanted to ask questions it just felt so in line with it was almost like it put words to things i'd been feeling and i couldn't express that And I finally felt like, oh my gosh, yes, like this is what I'm talking about. I just, I didn't have the words. Um, So, like, right after training, and again, quarantine, I was kicking back with lots of time on my hands. I was like, well, let me just take a training. So, I signed up for a yoga therapy training at a school online um, that I really liked. I I was so excited about it, getting started. I knew this is what I wanted to do now. I knew yoga therapy is the path I'm heading down. Um, That was, there was no doubt in my mind, but going to the right school was an important choice for me. You know, like how we are fed the information, like that matters. And it has to, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just like, what is right or wrong for you? Yeah. Um. And I liked this one. I really did. It was the first training I went into. I really liked it. At the end of the training, I sat with the director through a zoom call and it just didn't work out with my schedule. You know, I had to think logically, like if I'm back at work, can this work out? And the answer was no. And within that conversation, getting the no, um, it didn't disappoint me. And I felt like that was telling like, you know, and it wasn't like I was like giving up on yoga therapy. It was just, this is probably not the school for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so fast forward, I'm in a school now and it is online, you know, for the time being, and I am so loving it, like loving it. I love everything about it. Um, and the thing that keeps me so excited about yoga therapy is because I feel for me like I see a yoga therapist for me it works yeah. so for me it's like I want to offer this to other people because I know for me this is what makes me feel like I am continuing on my healing journey yeah. with someone serving me and also I things I can apply for my own knowing and my own healing yeah it's just i think to also when you are in yoga and you practice yoga and you become more connected to a practice for yourself, whatever that looks like, you do become aware that like we're more than a body, right? Like, and and we know this, like any human being knows this, whether you have a yoga practice or not, like you see something that maybe like a crush, you walk past a crush, like, like your stomach turns, right? Or like you see something that like, you really want to avoid your heart might start racing or like your jaw clenches. So we know emotions affect us physically. We know our thoughts affect us. Like all of it is connected, but for some reason, I feel like as a society, we haven't fully accepted wellness as a whole body healing system. We still just zoom in on the symptom. We're like, my, by my back hurts, I'm going to go to a back specialist. You know, my hip hurts, I'm gonna to go to a hip specialist. Like we just zoom in and it's like, no. There, it, it, we're all. It's all connected. So why would, why don't we zoom out? look at the whole thing and then go from there. Like, you know, we are, we have a mind, we have emotions, we have energy, we have a body, we have a heart. Like there, there's so much else that needs to be addressed when we have one specific symptom. And I can go into my backstory of health and illnesses as a child and being hospitalized. And I have a whole history. I feel like we could do a whole nother podcast on just health in general, but finally feeling like I found what helps me through my own health Um, which I still, I don't want to say battle with, but I guess it is a battle. I live with it. Um, so it is so important for me as a person to see it all come together and all be addressed in the same time, even when I have one specific symptom and I want the same for other people to be so in tune to themselves as a whole and not just zooming in on this one specific symptom to realize maybe the answer is somewhere else in your own body or your own mind or your own emotions that you just don't have the awareness of because you're just not being guided there. So it's not to down, you know, specialists. I think we need specialists. Obviously they know a heck of a lot more about a specific body part than I probably ever could offer somebody. Um, We need those things. We need, you know, emergency workers. We need, all of the things that are out there, yoga therapy is just another go-to. And if you're someone who needs the whole package looked at in one time together, like there's your reason to go to a yoga therapist. Um, and I, I go to one and I appreciate the work that we do together and I want to be one and be that for somebody else.
0: Yeah. I literally, (laughs) I went up so much while you were talking. I was like, hell yes, this is, this needs to be heard, but I agree with you, you know, like we have a lot of answers. And when we're able to tune in, or do what you said, like take that, you know, outside approach, like look at the whole picture, and not just like look at a symptom. That's such a freaking amazing approach. Even when we're able to have a witness, like observer type of presence with our own shit, like when you're so wrapped up in your shit, you are not able to see clearly. So when you're able to like step outside and check something out from an outside view, it's pretty easy to name things and, you know, figure out a better plan. So I like that you said that too. Do you want to share a little bit about your health issues? Like maybe the short version of what you have worked through? Sure. Um,
1: Should I put myself on a timer?
0: (laughs) Um, I'll make this short (laughs) and sweet. Okay.
1: So... As a kid, I started to develop symptoms physically, also mentally, but I don't think that that was addressed at the time. Years later, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease and it had been found that I had it for over two years at that point because they backtracked a test that I actually was confirmed to have it, but it was, it went ignored. So when you have chronic Lyme disease, and this is, I just want to be clear for people listening, it's very different than if you get bit by a tick and in real time, get a test and are positive. It's, it's a very different approach to treating it. So chronic Lyme um, is more of a battle and more ongoing because it's gotten more time to kind of manifest itself within you. So I dealt with a lot of debilitating symptoms, like headaches to the point where I would be unconscious and I would faint. I had to quit dance and this makes me laugh that i was in karate because anyone who knows me knows like it just doesn't fit me but i was in karate and uh, i had to quit those things because i developed rheumatoid arthritis and my joints um just were not functioning right right um it was autoimmune induced rheumatoid arthritis meaning once the condition was treated and cured that would go away um so many other things that were going on i i would need to like sit here and really think through, but um, I had to be out of school. Um, I was missing too many days where it would have affected me moving on to the next grade. So it was advised I go on home instruction. So I did that for years on and off into high school, different treatments that doctors were trying out. My immunologist at the time gave me like different options. Well, me and my mom, I would say I was so young that, you know, we obviously made the the decisions together. Um, I was hospitalized for this. Pick line approach where they put like a tube in your arm and the pick line goes into the vein in your heart and they deliver antibiotics that way. And I had a visiting nurse come for a while when I had an IV in my hand, a lot of medical mishaps that happened that resulted in me not trusting anything being put into my body. Um, so my final decision for treatment was antibiotic, which is a much slower treatment. So, because I chose the slower treatment, and there were many decisions that came along the way to finally choosing that, I was out of school for a while because I just wasn't getting better in quick time. It was taking a lot longer, um, and a lot of mental and emotional symptoms that developed from being a kid and being home all the time and not, you know, socializing and not being around things and. I'm so grateful social media wasn't a thing because I cannot imagine a kid nowadays going through that and seeing what you're missing out on in front of you. I really can't imagine.
0: Oh yeah. Um, no, kids struggle with it. <laughs> I talk to kids. <laughs> and breaks breaks my heart to think. It.
1: breaks my heart to think of that. Um, but yeah, just a lot, like a real lot going on. And, and I just kind of ignored a lot of it. You know, I just took it for what it was and, um, But it really impacted me as an adult. And I think when you go through something that is traumatic, which for me, I always view trauma as like, you went through a real challenge and you weren't equipped with the tools to handle it at the time. And I definitely wasn't equipped with handling any of that. So I just suppressed it. You know, my, it was in my body. It was in my, my decisions, my words, my thoughts, my feelings, like that just stayed with me. And I just kind of like buried it deeper and deeper, um, I don't think I realized how much that influenced me. And fast forward as an adult, had some major like reproductive issues as a woman and just all of the things that have been going on. And I was officially diagnosed with uh, stage three endometriosis through a surgery in 2019, I believe. Yeah, which made a lot of sense of other things going on. And I felt like, you know, this is something anyone who has endometriosis or knows somebody who has it Surgery is kind of a band-aid. It's a tissue that continues to grow back and you don't really officially get rid of it. So it is something that also informs your decision-making and your lifestyle because it is so loud (laughs) in how it affects you. Um, Mm -hmm. But I found like a lot of connections and a lot of things in my thoughts and in my decisions with doctors going back to my years as a kid and being sick and realizing like how I was going to now maybe... Change my approaches to my healthcare now that I am informed in different ways. So that's kind of the, I don't know if that was so short, but I guess an overview of the history and even the present that um, I think just adds to why I'm so passionate about yoga therapy.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great, you know, next step is to just talk about like some of the healing that you've done. You know, you, You gave me a loaded answer for all of the health issues, but I'd love to talk about some of the healing that you've experienced from yoga. I know that yoga is a healing tool. So what are some of the ways that you've healed from your yoga therapy?
1: So for me personally, because like I said, I've always kind of suppressed and didn't know I was reacting to these situations, but kind of just like keeping them within me. I've felt like moving through my body while somebody is speaking their Dharma talk, right? Like giving you all of this wisdom and words through your practice, as you're moving through and getting that gunk out of you, for me has been so therapeutic. I store everything yeah. in my body. Yeah. We all- my stress is in my body. Like my, my sadness is in my body and I've never really been someone to like show the emotion And I thought that that was like something to be proud of until I realized like, I still have the emotion. It's just buried down way deep inside of you. So more than talk therapy or going to a coach for me, I've always felt like getting into my body is the work is the therapy. And that's when I even let the things start to surface. So getting into your body and it doesn't have to be like, you know, the most advanced pose. It could be like getting into a forward fold and a down dog and then hopping in the shower for the day, like. Just feeling out on your body where things feel stuck, where something feels like it needs to be addressed is so significant. And anyone who has experienced that with either yoga or maybe just with movement, maybe there's another movement that does that for a person. You know, when you feel that release of stuckness in your body, therapeutic is like, I mean, magnified. The therapeutic benefits are magnified. So um I think that's like the basis for me is getting into my body more than asking me a question of how you feel. Like, give me some time to move first and then I can sit and talk it through. I need it to surface and then I could put words to it.
0: Love that. Love that so much. I used yoga for therapy um, for a very long time. <laughs> I straight up, like, first of all, it was cheaper. It was cheaper than going to yeah. a therapist. I didn't have to build a relationship with a therapist. I could just straight up show up, move through some shit, get some healing and it was yeah. effective. It was effective as hell. Yeah. So I can relate to you. And it's effective on so many levels, the relaxation benefits, the stress management benefits, the self-awareness that comes with yoga, just having that awareness of your patterns, your thoughts, the things you've been suppressing that in itself is gold. So huge fan can't wait for you to help more people. So, so tell me a little bit about your services, what you're currently doing, and um, when you'll be able to provide yoga therapy to people.
1: Yeah, so um, I currently am still teaching group classes each week. I am teaching yoga classes at Meta Yoga in Neptune, New Jersey. I also started recently teaching yoga classes at LA Fitness, um, which I love because that's where I started, Um, but in Cliffwood, New Jersey, so right on Route 35. So as of right now, I'm offering yoga therapy services um, at a discounted rate because I am still a trainee and I will be graduating in September of 2021. So services that I'm offering right now are on my website and um, I'm doing them package based or um, individual sessions. So one to one sessions I'm offering weekday evenings except for Fridays um, and Saturday mornings between 11 and 3. So I'm offering, again, like those individual sessions, also option for virtual if people are more comfortable, especially lately. And yeah, so I have been working with some people, which feels so awesome to be able to pass this on, and move this forward and, you know, help them and, and know that like they don't need to rely on me. It's work that they can also take with them and move forward. Even if we see each other once a week, they're applying that for themselves every day in between. And, and that's the gold you know, equipping them more than just needing to serve them and them needing me.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that too. I feel like when you give people tools and then, you know, you obviously want to see them, you love your clients. Yes, of course. (laughs) When you give people tools to help themselves, that's so magical. And like, you know, they're doing better. You know that they're working through things like that's, that's a happiness that's hard to describe. I, I can so relate to that. I'm so glad I had you on this show. This conversation was amazing. Thank you so
1: much, Rachel. I'm so excited I was here and this was awesome chatting with you.
0: Hey friend, thanks for checking out this episode of the Solutions Podcast. For more episodes just like this, be sure to subscribe. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Pod. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check out our next episode.